Lord, help us today, I pray, Lord, that we might honor you and magnify your holy name. And I pray, God, that we might aggravate the devil. I pray, Lord, help us to, uh, Lord, give light where there's darkness, to give hope, Lord, where there's despair. I pray, God, through the preaching of your word, Lord, give us faith where there's been doubt. I pray, Heavenly Father, I, I just ask you to lift these people and help them today. And God, save those that are lost, I pray. Shine the light on them, God. And Lord, help us to glorify you in all that we do. And I pray you'd forgive me of my sin, iniquity, and Lord, the junk of my life. Lord, I'm not worthy. Heavenly Father, you know that. And Lord, I tell you what, if these people knew me like you know me, they probably wouldn't sit here and listen to me preach. But God... You've chosen these earthen vessels through which to preach the gospel and connect. Lord, we just submit ourselves, present a body of living sacrifice, and just ask you to use us today and help us be clear so that children could understand real clear how to be saved and what's going on. And we just love you, Lord, and, and want to thank you for your goodness and mercy to us in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll tell you what, uh, there's a 90-year-old man. I don't know if I can get this right. There's a 90-year-old man. He was very, very religious. I mean, he was really, really religious. And uh, in fact, he's out on the old farm and, and he named all his animals and his pets Bible names. And he had the two cats. He named them Adam and Eve. He had four chickens. He named them Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I guess he must not have had any rooster or any hens. I don't know. He had three sheep. It was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He had a peacock named Jezebel. <laughs> he had a mule named Nebuchadnezzar. And he had a goat he called that Judas. Well, one, one morning about 4 a.m. when he was sleeping, there's a thief uh, uh, broke into his house. And he he been there a little bit like he was just trying to steal from him. And uh, he was working on this door, pulling these doors out, looking and boy. And all of a sudden, this thief heard this voice in the darkness of that house. Jesus is watching you. Jesus is watching you. And man, he's like, look, he couldn't see nobody nowhere. Where is that? He looked. So he left that room and went in there where the safe. And he found this safe. And it was all, here's where it's at. So he began to tinker with that little thing. And this voice kept saying, right next behind him, Jesus is watching you. Jesus is watching you. Well, he jumped when he did. He flipped his, hand, his elbow, hit the light. And he looked at the in a little cage. There's a parrot going, Jesus is watching you. <laughs> Jesus is watching you. And he, he said, can't you say anything but Jesus? And he said, he turned around about that time there's a Doberman pincher and he says, sick him, Jesus, sick him, Jesus. <laughs> he had named his Doberman pincher Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Genesis 1-1 says, I, I want everybody to know something online and here today. We're not here to play games with your mind, your soul. You're, you're either saved or you're lost. We, we, if you're not saved, we want you to be saved. Right. And we want you to understand clearly how to be saved. And we're not here to play mind games with you and manipulate you and all that kind of churchy junk. We just want to preach the Word of God and let God do what He wants. I want to preach a message today entitled, Salvation is a Creation. Salvation is a creation. And I think this is a great truth that people need to know. But in the book of Genesis chapter 1 is inlaid the entire salvation and redemption work that God does when he saves a man and he lays it out there. But we're going to, first of all, to, just to lay a foundation in the New Testament, guys, could you put up uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10? And we're going to, I just hang in there. If they'll get them up pretty quick, while we're going to just run through some verses. I want to show you something here in Scripture. Now, there's a lot of confusion in the world about what it means to be saved and the effect of it and really what, what is it we're looking at. And I want you to get this truth today. Salvation is a creation. Amen. Nobody can create but God. Amen. Salvation makes creatures. 
Amen. Creatures have been created by a creator. Amen. A creator, creator makes creatures that are created and only God Almighty can create. And so I hope this may clarify. You see, all across the world, people think, well, getting saved is trying to do better and living good enough and enduring and all kinds of stuff. And, and none of that stuff's true. And if you ever get this down your head, I'll tell you what, you love to have a shouting spell. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, watch this. Now he's talking to believers here. For we are his workmanship. Whose workmanship are we? By the way, this is right after verses 8 and 9 where it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then it says this, for we are his workmanship created. Do you see that? He is telling the believer, you're a creature, you're created. Now he's not talking about your fleshly body, talking about Genesis 1. He's talking about your salvation created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk walk in them. Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 24. I will show you the pattern in the New Testament here. Ephesians 4, and that you put on the new man. When you get saved, there's a new man, which after God is what? Created Created in what? Righteousness and true holiness. All right, that's a very important verse. All right, let's go to the next verse. 1 John 3, 9. Watch this verse here, 1 John 3, 9. Whosoever is born of God, that's the new birth, salvation, doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin. Be why? Because he's born of God. Did you know that a, a birth is a creative act? It's a supernatural act of God. That he, All the doctors and scientists of the world really can't figure it out. Yeah. But it is a creative act of God. Go to Colossians 3.10. Colossians 3.10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge, renewed in knowledge after the image of him that did what? Created. created him. Now, this is various passages of scripture in the New Testament that salvation is a creation. A lot of people think salvation might be by being baptized, catechized, joining the church, living better, quitting things and so forth, or being converted to some religion. It is not. Your salvation is more than just being forgiven. It's more than being justified. It's more than being reconciled to God. God creates a new man when you, he saves you. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? Now, folks, that's real. That's not just phraseology talk. That's right. This is over and over again in the New Testament that when God saves a person, he makes a new, he created a new man. He created a new person within you. Listen to me. If you're here today and there's not evidence within you of a new person, a new man created of God, you're not saved. I mean, I'm telling you something. I'm like Oscar Cunningham, you say, if you get saved, it'll be like the measles. It'll come out on you. Amen. Now, let's look at, at uh, Galatians 6.15. This just continues through the New Testament here. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. And this was the big, you know, they were talking, well, if you're not circumcised, you're not saved. They're having all this stuff. Kind of like people did that. Well, if you ain't been this, you ain't done this, you ain't doing this, you're not saved. He said, none of that amounts to anything. Here's what it is. But a new what? That's the, that's the question you need to answer yourself today. Am I a new creature in Jesus Christ? Has there been a born again experience, have the new birth of receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior? 
Now listen to me. I'm going to give an account to God for what I preach today, as every Sunday. And I'm not here to fool nobody. But I am here to clarify some things and to help you make it. There's a lot of people who would say, I'd get saved, Reg, if I thought I could live it. You can't live it. You can't save yourself, neither can you live good enough to be saved. You cannot merit being saved. There's nothing you can do. Creation is a creative act of a creator that's doing something you couldn't do. You cannot save yourself. And this also teaches you the methodology which, by which Jesus saves us. He makes us new creatures in Jesus Christ. Now, this is, this is so important because it does away with all works and all religion. It is an act of the creator God, which he alone can do. I can't save you. Mom and daddy can't save you. Your wife can't save you. Your husband can't save you. God is a creator. And when you get saved, there was a creative act of God that occurred. The moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the power of almighty God, the Holy Ghost created a new person in Jesus Christ. And there is now a new man and an old man. And the new man is created in true righteousness and true holiness. And the new man cannot commit sin. You just read that. Why? Because he is born of God. It is a new creature. We are not in here overhauling old trucks. We're not in here putting uh, 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 old old men in new suits. We're putting new men in old suits. New men. And boy, I want you to get a hold of this. All right, let's go to John. Uh, Did we get, see, we got Galatians, but a new creature. John chapter three, verse three through seven. John three, verses three through seven. Jesus answered and said unto him, talking to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it cometh, and where there goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. A new creature in Jesus Christ. Now, we had a Sunday school class this morning. I may just try to slow down here and be methodical. I don't know how this turned out. I'll just try to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. But we talked about this morning how Satan attacks the book of Genesis, and especially the doctrine of creation. I wonder why. Why would he hate Genesis 1-1, the physical creation so much? I'm going to tell you why. Because God set forth physical creation as a picture of your spiritual creation, the new birth. And if Satan can destroy a God who can create physically, he has destroyed in your mind and heart a God who can create spiritually. And if he can't create spiritually, then you have to come up with some kind of a device or mechanism or methodology of being saved yourself. And so the attack upon creation is an attack upon salvation. This is why Satan's once evolution taught and creation denied in all the classrooms of America. It is a direct attack upon the creator and his power to create. And creation is a picture of salvation. And Satan doesn't want people saved. That's right. Now, you say, Reggie, how is Genesis 1 a picture of salvation? Let's look at it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, this, the Bible talks about earth. We'll get into that. Put up 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42. 
I want to show you something. In Genesis 1-1, God created, in this chapter, God created, of course, man in his earthly, physical form, all right? But this is a picture of your creation as a human being, all right? Your, your birth as a physical body, it's a picture of that. Now watch 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it's raised in corruption, it's sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory, it's sown in weakness, raised in power. It is sown a, watch this, natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Verse 45. So it is written, the first Adam, going back to Genesis now, this is why without Genesis and understanding of creation, we'll have a distortion about salvation. The average church person in America, I I dare you to do this. Go to a church and ask them if creation has anything to do with salvation. And they'll just say, not really. Well, I don't know. It has everything to do with it. You better get this. You won't hear this preached in 99 out of 100 pulpits. So it is written, the first Adam made a living soul. The last Adam made a quickened spirit. Jesus told Nicodemus, you have to be born again in the spirit. Right. How be it, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. That's exactly right. The natural creation, my body, my life was first. My second creation was spiritual of God. All right. That which is natural, afterward, that which is spiritual. Now watch verse 47. The first man, your natural man, is of the earth, earthy. Genesis 1-1, the beginning God created the heaven and earth. It's a picture of your natural creation as a body, a physical body made out of dirt. All right, which has to be redeemed. The second man is the Lord, where? From heaven. Keep all this in mind. Verse 48, as is the earthy, natural body. Such are they also that are earthly. And is the heavenly, such they are the heavenly. Watch verse 49. As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. God is setting forth the first birth, natural birth of the earth, clay, dust, and comparing it to the new birth. Both were creations of God. What's the great message here the Holy Spirit wants you and I to get a hold of? That salvation is of the Lord. You cannot save yourself. You have to have a supernatural birth from the Creator, God Almighty. God has to save you. You cannot save yourself by obeying your parents, by doing everything the preacher preached. You have to be born again of the Spirit of God. It is a creative act. Your salvation is a creative act of God that only God can do. No one else can create. You've got to get this down. I'm telling you, it will free you. It will liberate you. It's not on me. I can't create a, a, nothing. But when I got saved, God created a new man. It was created in true righteousness and true holiness. We tell you, this will take away your worry and your fear and your doubt and everything else. So the first, so the, the first thing there in Genesis 1, 1 and 1, 2. Now then he, watch how he said he created it. Without form and without void. So we have this first earthy man born of the flesh, made out of dirt, a living soul, but without the breath of God, okay? And he is, so here he is. This earthy man, the Bible said the earth was without form and, and void. 
All right, get that. Right. Did you know that Jesus said in Romans 12, he said that God wants us for us to be conformed to the image of his son. Amen. Don't be conformed to this world, but be conformed to Christ. All right. Amen. Now we're in this thing of, 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 of which one he said without form void. Well, let's look at the scripture again. I, I just want you, I hope the Holy Ghost will help us here in verse number two. And the earth without the earth here is a picture of the natural man, earthy was without form and void. Amen. I want to tell you something. Without the second birth, without salvation, your life is without form and it is void. Amen. Void means of no value, of no, of, of, no, of no purpose. It's empty. It's vain. Yeah. Just the other day up here in, I don't know, in New York City, one of the richest men in America, I forget where he's at on the deal, just shot himself. Found him dead in the house. He had, I mean, this guy's owner of one of the big uh, uh, brokering Wall Street deals. I mean, this guy's billionaire. You say, Reggie, what happened without form and void? Amen. Let me just tell you something. You kids, what's going to happen? If you don't put Christ in, and by the way, when I say kids, I always remember I'm talking to your mom and dad first, all right? But if you don't, if you start through life without form and void, without God, you're just earthy and you're living for earth and you're living just for this time and this place, you will eventually get to a place of what's it all about. That's right. Do you want to know why people are drinking their heads off, yeah. popping needles in their arms, smoking dope, doing, chasing this adventure and that adventure and this adventure and that adventure and nothing ever satisfies them? It's because they're without form and without void, without Christ yeah. who is in the image, you're in the image of God. You have, you're just like running putty. And you wake up and, 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 you, and you have those kids and you, you fed them and you, you did your job and you worked your 40 years, whatever you did, and you come to the end of the road. What was it about? Right. And this is what Solomon did. He gathered it all up and he said, I was vain and vexation. It was without form and void. It's telling you without God, you are, your life is meaningless and purposeless. Right. Yeah. Then the next thing, what, look what it says. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Yeah. And boy, that's not the truth. Amen. This earthly man... This lost man without God, who is without form and void, no purpose in his life, no purpose in living. This is why, this is why Satan wants evolution taught. Yeah. So you be without form and void. You don't even know, void of understanding the purpose of life. Yeah. Yep. Then it said darkness was upon the face of the deep. Oh my land, if that's not true. The darkness of immorality. Amen. The darkness of unbelief. The darkness of ignorance about God. You know why they don't want you to read your Bible in the schools or even in your churches? So you'll be in darkness. You won't know what's going on. You can be fooled. The darkness of our mind, the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? There's darkness upon this land. Let me just tell you something. I mean, you just, you, you just take a glance at, at Facebook. It is darkness. Amen. Look at Hollywood. It's darkness. Look at our government. It's darkness. Nobody seems to know the answer to anything. Look at the confusion about male and female. Look at the, by the way, I'm going to shoot you now. Hang on. This is your pastor. You do what you want to do, but I'm warning you. I'm your shepherd. You stay away from this movie, Jesus Revolution. Amen. It is a fun, I'm going to tell you something right now. I could go, I could preach for a half hour right now on this thing, but I'm telling you, first of all, Jesus Christ is not some stringy haired hippie out of California. Amen. 
And if you'll check the background of that man who's representing that movie, by the way, do you know the guy who played Jesus in there and that movie? Do you know, do you know what he did? He went to the man's graveside, his grave now, and did a rosary beads prayer over his grave. That man is in the occult. That's you're watching on that movie. He is an occultist. Yep. Hey, think a little bit. If Satan wants to deceive you, how is he going to do it? He's going to appear as an angel of light. Man, this is good. This is wonderful. That movie is literally demonic. It presents a false Jesus, a false gospel. Hey, you watch, you sit there, watch that garbage. And he's been sitting out that up. The guy that he's, he's depicted in the movie, he's been sitting on top of a grave doing rosary, praying with the dead. Are you crazy? Did you know the real man that he's depicted was a sodomite? Did you know that? I lived during those days. Let me tell you, I'm 69. I take my word for it. That quote, Jesus, first of all, Jesus doesn't produce revolutions. He's in a salvation business. I lived during that time. I was very aware of all the Jesus revolution. All it was was a religious cover-up for all the dope, the immorality. They were trying to deal with their guilt, but they would not come to a Bible-believing church to get help. They mocked it. They just like they do the preacher in that movie, they make him out to be an old hard-headed, fuddy-dud Pharisee. You listen to me right now. All these ministries out here that claim we're helping all the drug heads, did you know there's a dozen churches in Wright County that they could come to any day of the week that they wanted to, and any pastor they could call, and they could say, I'm in trouble, I'm, I'm addicted to drugs, I need help from God. Yeah. But they will not walk into a church. It's just like that Asbury revival down there. 90% of that revival was nothing but singing and singing and singing and rumbling and rumbling. There was no preaching of the word of God. Hey, you know about a revival, Acts chapter 2. Peter got up and preached the Bible and 3,000 people were saved and their lives were changed and they changed the whole continent. We better wake up. There's such a level of deception in this country. It is unreal. You say, I don't like you. You're not the first, so you're just way back in line. Amen. Amen. I love you enough to tell you the truth. You ain't going to hear this everywhere. Everything that says Jesus, Paul warned. He said they'll preach another gospel, another Jesus, and they'll have another spirit. Amen. I'll tell you what shocks me is the lack of discernment people's got. First time I ever saw Jim Baker and that little curly head, whatever she is, that got enough makeup, looks like somebody took a caulking gun to her face. I saw that and I said, that guy's a joke. That fast. People ain't got no discernment. I'm telling you something. You know why? Because they're not reading their Bible. Not reading the Bible. And I'm just saying to you this, you get mad if you want to. But I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or don't like it, because it ain't you I fear. I fear God. And I'm saying to you this right now, that darkness is upon the face of the day. We're dark religiously in this country. I'm going to tell you something right now. Worshiping Mary is darkness. Worshiping Muhammad and following Muhammad is darkness. Following the Pope is is darkness. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you rock and roll is darkness. Yeah, I'm going to cut some of your amen and out here. Country Western is darkness. Yeah. Contemporary Christian is darkness. Rap is darkness. I'm telling you something, this country is in darkness. And when you're in darkness, you don't see. Somebody said, I don't see it that way. You know why? Because you're in darkness. 
God is light and him is no darkness. And the Bible said the darkness was up on the face of the deep, deep down in your heart, down deep in your soul. There's a darkness by sin that cannot be helped apart from the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You'll remain in darkness. There's people in darkness and in Bible believing quote churches. They think it's how good they live. I'm going to tell you right now, if you think that the creator God who created a new man by his power and saved you, made a new man, and they go around telling everybody they can lose their salvation. Darkness. Darkness. If I believed I'd lose my salvation, I'd put my Bible on that altar and walk out of this church right now because I can't live good enough. I've sinned probably worse than anybody in this church house this morning. I'm going to tell you something right now. The older I get, the worse sinner I am. And you can see on there talking about being holy all you want to. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, either, either I'm not saved or I'm wicked on my old flesh nature and changed this. The night I got saved, my flesh nature hadn't changed and yours hadn't either, by the way. Amen. The only hope I have is the new man that God created in true righteousness and truly holiness. The morning of the night that I cried upon Jesus Christ, asking to forgive me our sin, to wash my sin away and put my faith and trust that he died for me and shed his blood for me and rose from the dead. That's my basis of hope in Christ and it's based upon the word of God. I'm telling you, there's darkness upon the face of the deep. Theistic evolution, darkness. Evolution period, darkness. Darwinism, darkness. Sodomy, darkness. Amen. Adultery, darkness. Amen. Darkness. I'm just telling you, there's darkness upon the face of the deep. But I want you to know something that God did. Watch what happened. Look at the next verse. And the spirit of God, uh, the next phrase there in verse number two. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Do you know you'll never get saved till the spirit of God moves upon the face of the waters? Amen. Some of you. You were at Bible school and you came forward and you, you prayed and they, they, wanted, they wanted to be able to say this. Twelve kids got saved at Bible school so, so they notched you up. They put another notch in their spiritual pistol. Yeah. You didn't have no more sense what you was doing than a man in the moon. Right. But you thought, well, if I go forward, that's what everybody else is doing. They're going forward. And if I, I start kind of not stealing cookies near as much as I used to and, yeah. and I start doing what mom and dad wanted to quit, quit and, and, and so you're just going down through life. You're lost. You're trying to live the Christian life in the energy and power of the flesh. Yeah. The Bible said the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. Yeah. Boy, you listen to me, face of the waters. And I'll tell you something. I was in darkness for 28 years. I know what it is to be in darkness. I was, I was in the darkness of not really honestly understanding salvation. I, I really didn't. I just, Brother Lonnie, I just thought, well, I'll, if I, my good outweighs my bad, I might go to heaven. If my bad, well, bad outweighs my good, I'll probably bust hell wide open. That's a sorry way to live. Yes, it is. And I got to be about 28 or 22 or 23, brother, I'll tell you, I finally got a little bit honest with myself. It'll never, I'll never outweigh it. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And I'll tell you something. I, I'm just telling you the truth. This is absolutely the living truth. The Spirit of God. And by the way, that's what happens a lot of times in church. Do you know why people don't want to go to church where they're preaching the Bible and preaching on sin? Because they don't want that darkness exposed. That's right. They want to be saved without the darkness being exposed. They want to be saved. Jesus said they won't come to the light because they love darkness rather than light. They won't come. They don't want it. But when I got saved, let me tell you exactly what happened. The Spirit of God came upon the face of the deep. I'm talking about he went to where Reggie Kelly is that nobody else has ever been. And he said, Reggie, you're a sinner. That's right. You're wicked as hell itself. And you could make the list. 
And that light came in and exposed that darkness. Now, let me tell you what happened when conviction comes on you. Amen. All of a sudden, I saw my guilt before a holy God. Yeah. I saw my condition like I really was. I quit comparing myself, see, among myself. Quit comparing, well, I ain't as bad as Jim over here, and I ain't near as bad as old brother Dennis, my in life. You know, he, he mean, he even looks mean, amen. He, and I quit comparing myself, and all of a sudden I looked up at a holy God, and I saw I was vile and wicked and filthy in the sight of a holy God. And I'm going to tell you what, that's what the Holy Ghost of God, his job is to convict you of sin and to convict you in such a way that you will admit you are guilty before God. And I'm going to tell you that happened to me that night. I'm going to tell you the Holy Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And I tell you, I realized I was a sinner and I realized I was headed to hell. I realized that Jesus was my only hope. I knew I was guilty. I knew I was condemned. And if God didn't do something miraculous, there was no hope for me. And when I called upon the Lord, the Spirit of God moved upon the face deep and he brought me and led me to repentance. And the Holy Ghost will do that every time. He'll never, never leave you alone without leading you. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Boy, I'll tell you something. The Spirit of God come upon me and I was ready. I I threw up the white flag and said, God, here I come. And I asked for his mercy. I didn't ask for a deal. Amen. I asked for God's mercy. And I'm telling you right now, the pagan darkness of this country, I tell you what, the music and the sports centers, everywhere you go, there's darkness. I mean, what, what are these halftime shows at the Super Bowl? Huh? They're vile. Have been vile as long as I've known about it. This whole country is darkness. This world is, don't, don't expect light out of it. By the way, you know, isn't it amazing how they always mix a little Jesus in with the vileness? We, 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 you know, I, I know it's got some sad that, but, but, yeah, that's Satan, all right? Anyway, the Spirit of God moves upon the face of the waters conviction and guilt and godly sorrow and then grace and truth begins to come. Now, when you admit your guilt and you admit you're a sinner and you admit you can't save yourself and you admit you need God, I'm going to tell you, well, God will do something. Look what it says there. God said in verse three, what did it say? Let there be light. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world, little G, Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine into them. And I'm telling you something, when the Spirit of God starts moving and the light starts coming, things are going to move. Amen. And the Bible teaches right there, he said, let there be light. There was light about the sin. There was light about the guilt. Light about the holiness of God. Light about his wrath. Light about judgment. Warning of the flea from the wrath to come. And light about what the cross is really all about. That somebody died in your place for your sin. And there was no other remedy for it. And you came to the cross. Divine work of grace. Light dispels darkness. Well, you get to verse number four. And God saw the light. He said, that's good. Yeah, man. That's good. I'm going to tell you something. If you go, you got something going on in your life that you wouldn't like put up here on this board, that's not good. That's darkness. Amen. God said it's all light and said that's good. Now I want you to watch verse number four. He said in verse number four, last part, God divided the light from the darkness. Now you listen to me. I've said this in preaching, preaching, preaching. When God saves, he separates. When God saves, then they, right here in this passage of scripture, it is a picture of how God brings a man to Christ. Genesis 1 1. You know what God's so good? He's given us the gospel, how we can be saved, right out of the chute in the first chapter and the first verses of the whole Bible. That's 
Right. And he said, he said he divided the life of the Lord. Now, what's that mean? You know what that means? A saved person, this old boy got saved. Right. You know what? And the Holy Ghost says, we're going to divide some things here. Right. Right. God's been dividing on you, ain't he? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you why I see the look on his face. Uh, the Holy Spirit's bearing witness. But it's exactly what God's doing in our lives. And I want to tell you, God start separating you. And God will start saying, I don't want you to mess with this. And I want you to be here. Now, I want you to do that. Talk to that man about his soul. I want you to don't do that. Don't go there. Don't watch that. And God divides. And Jesus said, marvel not if the world hates you. Jesus said, come out from among them, be you separate, touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. I'll be a father, and you'll be my children. Hey, God didn't save you to live in the devil's house. Amen. Amen. He wants you to live in his house. Amen. Amen. God divided it. God always divides. That's why this world hates church. They hate the Bible. They hate Christianity because it divides. Can I just tell you the honest truth? It Salvation will divide you. Divide you from family. Divide you from friends. Divide you from this world. Well, I like this. Look at verse number five. God called the light day. Did you know in the New Testament, the Bible calls us children of the day. That's a new birth. Amen. This man got saved. He said he called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning was the first day. Did you know that's exactly how your life is? The first part of your life is evening. It's dark. You got saved and there's day. The first day. You got saved. You left, watch this, you left the darkness and went into the light. The light of the glorious gospel of Jesus. How many thinks this could just be accidental in the first chapter of the Bible? It ain't accidental at all. It's divinely written by the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. Well, you get on down there and God saves and separates there. Now he got that first day and he's out there. Old song says, and now he's been born again. Now, now to live, I now begin a great change has been wrought within. And uh, I'm telling you right now, now look at verse number six and seven. Bible said, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. Now you say, Reggie, what's going on here with that? Well, the waters, he separated the waters. That means live a separated life. This is the second day. Two is the number of the vision. And here's what he's going to tell you. Here's the truth about that. Did you notice how he separate waters from the waters? All right. God says, you have an old man and you have a new man. Right. He says, separate the waters from the water. Yep. In the New Testament, you find the doctrine. Put off the old man, yep. put on the new man. Amen. God says, if I save you, this will be the part of the process that's going on. And every day of your life, there's going to be this deal where he's separating the waters from the waters. And he's separating the old man from the new man. And the things I used to do, I don't do no more. For the Lord made change in me. The places I used to go, I don't go no more. I used to go to a beer joint, but I don't go no more. Last time I was in a beer joint, I went past our tracks. Oh my, me and old brother, there used to be a boy here in Norwood. If I said his name, some of you know him. He is crippled. Bad cripple. And he loved to go to revival meetings with me. And that kid was so, he was so intense on it. He, I'd be driving down the road heading to a revival meeting and he'd turn around in the seat now and just begin to beg God to save people. And he got to where he said, Lord, I want you to save three tonight. And God had saved three. 
I want you to say five tonight. I mean, that guy, if you want somebody to pray for you, that guy to pray for you. I'm going to tell you something right now. God always separates the, that flesh from the nation. And I'm just telling you something. That, oh yeah, anyway, you can tell I'm wound up like an eight-day clock. I'm excited. God separated the waters. He separates the holy from the unholy, the earthly from the heavenly, the sensual from the spiritual, and the devilish to the Christ-likeness. Now watch what happens. God wants to go. He said, all right, now. He said, you got saved. He said, you divided you. And he says, now, he said, uh, you understand there's a new man and an old man. I want you to distinguish between them. And you get up there in verse number nine. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place. Let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called he sees. And God saw it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yield and seed, and the fruit yield and seed after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw it was good. And evening and morning with the third day, how many knows what's going on now? You got saved. You got down down the road. God separated life and done. God says, I want you to be fruitful. God says, I want you to scatter the seed. I want you to plant the seed of the gospel, the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And I want fruit to come out of your life. Amen. Amen. You know what would make you happy if you see fruit? I'll tell you what, if you plant an old tree out there and plant an orange tree. We don't have oranges here, do we? Anyway, if we had an apple tree and you plant that thing, no fruit, no fruit, no fruit, no fruit. You know what Jesus said? You shall know them by the fruits. And I'm going to tell you something. I want to ask you a solid question today. You say you're saved, but is there any fruit? You see, this saved person, he's, he's, he's typifying us through this first chapter. Fruit. Fruit. It's going to come up. Can't stop it. I want to ask you something. When's the last time you cared about somebody's soul? Amen. When's the last time you honestly cared whether somebody's dying and going to hell or not? That's right. When did you have, what, what fruit is there of righteousness in being produced in your life? Yeah. I'm telling you, this is Bible. Amen. He said, this is the sequence, how it's going to happen. I'm going to convict you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to give you light. I'm going to divide you. And he said, I'm going to separate the new man from the old man. And he said, then I want you to bring forth fruit. And he said, by the way, that's the place, the power of God. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I want you to bring forth fruit. And after his kind, and Jesus rose. Does anybody know what, that, on the third day, guess, what, guess when Jesus rose? Third day, same, same day we're talking about here. Life appeared. Amen. Well, verse 14 through 19 now. Look at the next thing. I'm going to skip some stuff. And God said, let there be lights in the firm of the heaven to divide the day from the light. Let them be for signs and seasons and light, days and years. Let them be for lights in the firm of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so, and God made two great lights, a greater light to rule the day, a lesser light to rule the night, and he made stars also. And God set them in the firm of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good in the evening and in the morning was the fourth day. Guess what God wants you to do now? God said, I've saved you. I've separated you. I've given you light. And uh, he said, you're bearing fruit. And he said, I want you to be a light to this world. Ye are the light of the world. A city set upon the hill. And he thought, you don't put that light in the candle. He said, I want you to be light where you work. I want you to be light in your family, light in your community, light in your nation. He said, I want you to be salt and light. And he said, that's the purpose of me saving you is bring, bring glory to God. And people ought to know that we're light. Does this make any sense, anybody? Yes. All right. Let's go up 20th day. I mean, I'm going to try to run through this real fast because, Yeah. Let's start at verse 20. Here comes the next day, fifth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. Hmm. 
and fowl that may fly above the earth and the open firmament of the earth. And God created great whales and every living creature that moved with which the water brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. God saw this good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters of the sea and let fowl multiply in the earth in the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Hmm. Two things, fowls and fishes. That's a picture of me and you in our Christian experience. The fowls have something called thermodynamics. Is that not right or not? They, huh? Tell me. Aerodynamics. Okay. Second law. Anyway, it's that law that makes them able to get up above defy gravity. Now think about this. Set your affections on things above. God says, live above this world. I'm pressing on the upward way, a new heights I'm gaining every day. Do you know what God's telling you? He said, this man I created, this, new, this Christian, I'm going to give him the power to fly. Amen. I'm going to give him power to rise above the storms of life. Yeah. I'm going to give him a higher life to live and a higher purpose. And he's going to see things from a heavenly Amen. perspective. Yeah. Amen. Files of the earth. God's picturing what ought to be the normal Christian life in that there is a power within you to defy the gravity. Romans 8, 2, 8, 2 is your verse on it. It says, the spirit of the law of the life of Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. There is a law in that bird's wings that lifts him above the force of gravity, which is pictures the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and gives him power over the law of gravity, which is the law of sin and death. I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to live in defeat. You don't have to live in drudgery. You can live above this world. You can have victory in your own. When this world, we need to go buy 42 cans of beans. I don't know what's going to happen. We need to get about 47 deals of flour. Oh my goodness, the world's coming to an end. Oh, I'm about to go crazy. I need some drugs. Somebody to give me something to help me. I'm about to go nuts. And we're just up there flying. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. I'm not worried about the can, how many cans of beans I've got. Amen. You got 47 cans. If you ain't got 42 cans, you're in trouble, man. Don't you know something bad is going to happen? Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to, Antichrist is coming. I'll tell you, all kinds of junk going to happen. They're going to cut people's heads off. It's bad coming. But you buying 47 buckets of beans ain't going to help you through. Amen. You need Christ. Amen. And by the way, he said he has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Amen. Amen. God didn't say, be careful for nothing. I got it. Amen. Amen. God wants you to live above bitterness. Woo. Above unforgiveness. Above anger. Above hate. Now I got to go because it's 1201. Some of you, that's all the religion you got. (laughs) Fishes. Where were the, somebody tell me where the fishes was. In the water. In your skillet. No. (laughs) Fishes is in the water. Does anybody know what water typifies in the Bible? The word of God. Oh, my land. That while I'm old fleshly down my flesh, my spirit's up here with the birds. But my flesh is still down here. But I'm going to swim in the water of the word. Ah, I can swim in that word. Amen. I can breathe in that word. 
Does it make sense? Yeah. Sure, it makes sense. I'm telling you what that fish, he just, he's at home in the Word. Amen. You going to a place you shouldn't go is like a fish out of water. Amen. How many have been fish out of water? Yeah, I've been fish out of water. He's supposed to be swimming, breathing, eating, enjoying the Word of God. And your spirit is soaring. Thousand of fishes on the fifth day. By the way, number five is number of grace. Well, well, number six. Oh, goodness, this gets a little rough now. Verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, the cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after his kind. It was so. God made the beast of the earth after his kind, the cattle after his kind, everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Hmm. And God said, let us make man in our image and after, uh, and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over all the creeping things that creep upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of man created he him. Male and female created he them. Yep. Now, you say, Reggie, what's going on in the sixth day? Well, sixth number man. Now, hang on. You ever heard anybody say, he's an animal? Yep. Yeah. Oh, Mike Tyson, he said himself that he could get himself into such a mind state going into the boxing ring. He said, I'm, I made myself an animal. Yeah, he tried to kill. I'm just going to tell you something. Did you know this morning that apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ, the grace of Jesus Christ, you'll be an animal? Did you know what's really going on in America right now? We're dehumanizing. We're dehumanizing the sacredness of human life. God made a specific difference between the animals and man. Yes, sir. Yeah. And God says man will be different and above the animal. And when you get saved and live for God, he wants you to live in the, at the image of God. And he does not want you acting like an animal. Yeah. Did you know an animal? If you've got six cows and there's a trough about that long, what are them cows going to do? Oh, hey, you go ahead and eat. I'll come in after you. Huh? You got a bunch of chickens, you know, and here now, they're, they're, and an old rooster says, you hens go ahead and eat. I'm the rooster. And, and I, you go ahead. No, what do an animal do? You kill you. There's an old doe running around out here in two bucks. They don't. They mean to kill one another. Yeah. America, because of the darkness, is descending into animalism. That's right. We're acting like animals. Yeah. St. Louis, Missouri, in our state, the other day, homeless man sitting on the side of the street. Guy walks up to him. <laughs> broad daylight. People recording it. We're turning into animals. God says a six number of man, and we're to have the new man in Christ created in Christ Jesus. Don't you act like an animal, Amen. and you have dominion over that animal Amen. instinct and that animal Amen. attitude right. and that animal right. greed and that animal rebellion. You live above that and have dominion over that, and don't Amen. let yourself be turned into an animal. Amen. Now I'm going to give you the seventh day, and we'll get out of here. What did God do on the seventh day? Yes. Yeah. Boy, this is good. Amen.
Somebody read. Put up there the last part of that thing. That last part of that. On the, uh, go, to, go to chapter 2. I'm sorry. Go to chapter 2. Let's see. Yeah. He goes all through about man there. Now watch what he does in chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were what? Woo! Do your word study the Bible. Does anybody know where anybody said something about finish? This is a picture. Genesis 1 through 2, 3 is a picture of a lost man being dealt with by God, brought to the light, separated from the world, sanctified by the Spirit, taught about the new man, the old man, and, and made to understand that God created his image and he's not an animal. Amen. And God says, I want you to do something now. I want you to rest. Amen. Rest in what? The finished work of Calvary. Amen. Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. Was he just talking about, well, I'm about ready to die? No. The payment for mankind's sin is paid for in full and it's a finished transaction. When God saves you, it is finished. And you can rest in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. You can rest. He really did pay it all. You can rest. He made you a new creature. Amen. It's not you holding out and hanging on and trying to do the best you can. This will make you love him. This will make you love him. You're not striving to be saved. You're not trying to live good enough. You're resting in the creative work of Almighty God. I don't know whether you guys like it or not. Some of you look like you're bored to death. Well, I'm telling you something. This excites this old preacher. Amen. I got a Bible. Yeah. That's God's word. Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you what I want you to do today. If you're saved, I want you to rest. You say, Reggie, you don't know the week I've had. You probably just need to rest. <laughs> Amen. Elijah, he had that big deal up on Mount Carmel. And he went down that juniper tree and he said, dear God, it's enough. Take my life. I'm burned out. I'm depressed. I want to die. And God said, won't you just sit down, rest under the tree, cross. Hey, we're going to preach a message here in two or three weeks called the two trees. Oh, there's two trees in Genesis. God wants you to rest. If you're here today and you're not saved, I'm going to tell you how you can rest. Trust him. That's right. If you're here today and you're saved and the devil's got y'all, you know what I need to do? I'm be honest with you. I need to rest. There's just times that I need to go out in the woods and take my Bible and a bottle of water and some crackers and cheese and sit out there on a log or a rock and say, God, I, I wasn't nothing when you found me. Yeah. That's right. And I just trust what you're doing in my life and I'm going to leave it all up to you. Just rest. Hebrews says, there remaineth therefore unto them a rest. Jesus, your Savior said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will do what? Give you rest. Quit struggling. God saves you. Rest in it. You say, Reggie, you don't know how bad I sinned this week. You don't know how bad I sinned either, so let's just call it quits and go on down the road. Amen. Amen. Let's just rest. Y'all done? I'm done. Y'all may preach another 20 minutes. I don't want to. I'm tired. I'm tired.